Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 5th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I am doing swell. Just doing doing wonderful. Just another Friday, another week in the books. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad that you, you confessed before we started recording that you're becoming a Florida man. You look a little bit like the castaway on the Westy Island blend label that jason page created for you know disheveled hair full uh beard you know you, you're just you you sent the file for this podcast you called it scottsdale wednesday i know we get our days confused but it is in fact thursday evening here you just said i'm becoming a full florida man and maybe that means things are good you, you you're having the end of a great week you know i just i lose track of the days down here it's sunny every day you know <laughs> I uh, I just lose I lose track of time down here and uh, yeah I you know I've gotten like two haircuts in the last full calendar year maybe maybe one in the last calendar year at this point. Yep, it's yep. rough. My my I hair mean, is, is just the, out of control. The Chiefs almost went down Super Bowl for getting haircuts. You see that the barber almost put like half the Chiefs roster on the sideline for. Uh... For like the whole week, so you know, just avoid it. Might as well go with the castaway look. I appreciate yeah, that. I gotta I do. I gotta that. do some shaving. You know, that's that's been <laughs> it's been about a month. So there you go. Uh, all right. Well, we got a full week, or not a full week, but we got a full day of golf under the belt. We're you know, coverage is winding down on Golf Channel, but you know, the bone saw Saudi deal, the MBS Invitational's ongoing, uh, Phoenix Open's ongoing. We got the. Uh, I don't know. The old guys are getting a ton of play. We have our head to head. I couldn't believe the smorgasbord of people showing in this broadcast on Thursday. There's a lot of Nick Hardy telling of his story, which I'm sure you liked. But I hey. saw shots from Podrick Harrington, Jerry Kelly, Steve Stricker, who's actually playing well. I didn't see a lot of, you know, Davis Riley, John Augustine, all your little young bucks. So, hey, maybe I, maybe we might be in good shape with that head to head. Yeah, you never know. You you can't show them all unless it's Pebble Saturday, and uh, so. <laughs> it's, hey, oh, I I forgot something. Do you have something else to say? Sorry, no, I interrupted. I know. I forgot something. We're talking about the Florida Man stuff. Big, monumental, historic news down there with the minor league golf tour on the all-time wins uh-huh. list. I can't believe you weren't over there celebrating, running on the green, pouring champagne. Stevie Fountains, a.k.a. Steve LeBron, passes Sonny Ebacoa, a.k.a. Sonny Kim, on the all-time wins list of the minor league golf tour. Is that correct? 74th? <laughs> 74. That's a lot. I wonder if they're making great graphics like the PGA Tour. Chase for 82 becomes Chase for 83. Did they have a Chase for 74 graphic for Stevie Fountains? A monumental achievement down there. You know, I'm I'm kind of disappointed I wasn't out there either. I'm 
I have a lot of questions. Um, I think the 74 wins count his co-wins that were um, <laughs> darkness-shortened wins. <laughs> so you could nitpick with, with, his, with his record. Well... The other yeah, thing, the, you know, the is... The Snead record is full of, you know, odds and ends like that, too. But go ahead. I mean, he's just, he's just a man of... He's unbelievable. He's no, he's not the number one money winner, though. That's important. Important notes. He's still behind Sonny Kim and on the money list. So he, he's he got a ways to go. Good thing we didn't make our uh, Stevie Fountain shirts. They'd be... You know, from a couple of years ago, they'd be outdated. Outdated at this point. We might need Already. to bring those back. That, that was a great shirt. Yeah, that was. A, now we that have was a very special. Now that we have Will Knights, you know, we can actually get these things out of the the kind we, of we can factory. Yeah, they can actually make them happen. That that might be good. But I just love that minor league golf tour. Seventy four wins. You know, and we all know how much you love a good money list ranking and how much that means to you. So I, I appreciate that clarification here's the thing kim. so it's been just a historic year you know sunny kim shot 59 earlier <laughs> historic year yeah <laughs> on the minor league tour first player to break 60 <laughs> and then that's kind of surprising actually. S- steve lebrun tracks down sunny kim on the all-time wins list this is incredible stuff down there I gotta, I gotta go out. I might need to have to go out and see. Yeah. See, I gotta see what's up coming up on the schedule. I'll, I'll maybe get out there. We'll see How what's have going on. How have not been there? I don't How understand. How have I not been it. there? You know, I got <laughs> a lot of shit to do. I... Tell your wife, you know, I gotta leave the kid and dog behind. I gotta go root on Stevie Fountains at the minor league golf tour. They're playing. All right, at, we're they're sh- playing at Abaco in a, a three day. I saw that. I saw that. A Monday qualifier contest. End of the month. Maybe that's what I I'll go out that. to see. Man. Um, all right. Is my internet being horrible? Yeah, you're, it's always horrible, though. So I mean, everything is crapped out over here. Everything I wanted to find. Um, I have some intel, some follow-up. Uh, you, were, you were not on the wrong path there with the appearance fee estimates for the Saudi International. Oh, really? Um. The rumor, the first year, the rumor was that there was $66 million in appearance Holy fee cash shit. set aside. <laughs> there was also some I confusion re- about... I might need to reply to that Golf Saudi email that I never got to. <laughs> but there was some confusion about whether Mariah Carey, who had did like a concert or something in Economic City then, was also in that sum of $66 million. The person source guessed is this she, week. Is she allowed to do concerts there? Like, is that? I don't know. I remember that being a thing that that around the lead up to that first one. Um, the person estimated this week that there's got to be like thirty million in appearance fees. I, which you know, is tracking on your lofty, lofty guesses. As I thought it would be, you know, ten, twelve, something. But there are a lot of guys over there. That's and, the uh, thing I find amazing about being like if you get to number one in the world in golf or if you're you know perennial top 10 guy it's just how much money you could you can make just showing up to things like the ability to to generate income is unbelievable it's like i'm gonna show up at a monday outing and i'm gonna be there for an hour and charge 50 grand you know it's it's absolutely ridiculous how much money 
you got these guys. But I guess like if you're the best in the world at something, you can charge a lot of money. Yeah. In anything, yep. like if you're the best lawyer in the world, you're going to make a lot of money. Yep. Yep. Um, and apparently the, the course person who showed up was like, there's no way anyone plays this course ever. Nobody's playing golf. They're growing the game. He's like, I haven't seen a single divot, a single I'm... pitch mark. It's just like there's no play. There could not be any possible play. Well, I read course. an article on a certain golf website, a well-known one. One of one of the leaders in golf media that would say, "Oh, contraire to your your claim that nobody plays golf there." There's a lot of yeah content that's been compromised out there around the the side. That, that was so. a paid article. Just for anybody that missed it, golf.com wrote a uh, wrote a I glowing beat around the bush, and now we're just going right at a it. A glowing okay. feature yeah. about all all the virtues the game of golf is providing Saudi Arabia and their citizens. While on the other hand, Jack Nicholas, also who's owned by the same company, is getting a nice little design deal to do something and uh, to build a course in Saudi Arabia, uh, which I'm sure will be splendid and make you know probably make the top 100 in world rankings courses of uh, golf top. Dot, dot com, you know. Man, or, I I, I have more faith in Rand Morissette than that. Rand won't. Oh, Rand that's won't right. Let that's that right. happen. I forgot. That's right. If if it I, does, that is independent. You know, but I I, I just if it, if it does, I feel bad for Rand. I forgot about that. Um. All right. So that's my intel from the Saudi. But you got. I got to be honest with you. David Horsey leads. That's all going to change. You know, it's our stupid eighteen hole updates. Um, Where does someone, David Horsey fall on the the scale of European tour and the European tour players? Like, you know, where is he in the George Cosia bucket? He's no, he's not nearly as accomplished as Cosia. <laughs> Cosia is a household name compared to Horsey. There's no chance. Horsey's like in a David Lynn, or I don't know where he's he is. You know. Um, some lower level. Is he more English like a Marcus Frazier guy? Yeah. Marcus Frazier category. Well, Frazier feels like even a household name compared to David Horsey. I don't he's know. Guy, he's an Australian. He's done th- something, right? I don't know. Um, David Horsey leads, but that's all going to change. I, I, I got to be honest with you. The, the House of Sod or the royal family's, you know. This is a Thursday leaderboard in Phoenix that they got to love. I mean, the leaderboard in Phoenix is, you know, it's our kind of deal. But in terms of, you know, big J's out there, who knows, personally delivering news to Rory that his ball was stepped on by a volunteer. I don't know why big J's out in Phoenix, but um, it's not a strong leaderboard. Love Force One needed to get some miles in. Hey, Rory, we got an email from... uh, you know, a volunteer named whatever Sawgrass Luppington at hotmail dot com, and it said they stepped on your ball. Like, so are maybe, we just taking maybe, this? Fa- are we taking this at face value? People might not know what happened. Explain what happened, real quick. Well, Rory, at his press conference, he said a lot of notable things, but came out said some not notable things that got a lot of headlines too. By the way. Um, he came out and said he was informed by the PGA Tour that, uh, whatever this was, Wednesday, 
that a volunteer copped to stepping on his ball Monday night, a volunteer from San Diego. I, and everybody just took it. Look, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I have, I, I fully, I have full faith in Rory that what he encountered was a ball that he thought was embedded or in fact embedded um, or went back into its own pitch mark. I do. But this, I don't take this whole cover act. For, yeah. I don't take this at face value at all. This could just be a complete... <laughs> They, they went at the Prince of Pontevedra and they had to do a make good, get back in his good graces. Apparently, I heard that video has been deleted too from the internet or, or Golf Channel or somebody deleted the video of Rory's drop and, and stuff. I I, this, I, I, can't, I need to confirm that myself. Though. I, I can't wait for your review when we go back over this whole situation. <laughs> it's January. It's February 4th. I I, it's just insane. It's absolutely crazy. What has gone on in the last, the last seventy-two hours of golf? This is gonna be like one episode of your review. <laughs> That's true. We're not even to Florida. I mean, the Florida swing's always a cornucopia of things, too. I, yeah. So, anyways, um, you know, Phoenix, it, it's not a thrilling leaderboard. It's the kind of leaderboard that shows up when you got thirty, forty, fifty million in appearance fee money somewhere else. Uh, well, Even you though got, it's good you got Xander on there, you got, you know, this it's one round. I know that's, that's leaderboards are leaderboards aren't made by one, in one round. You know, I like all these guys. Tommy Tables. You here's know. a question. Here's a question. Who's a better first round leader, Matt Neesmith and Mark Hubbard or David Horsey? Who would generate more more clicks on a on a on a website? Hubbard probably doing his little his putting thing. Got, that got aggregated to high heavens. Um, but it's a good leaderboard for the shotgun start. We got Tommy Tables. You know, he's making his 36-old push before, I, you know, the well, There's lots Phoenix of casinos has... around. <laughs> lots of casinos <laughs> down there. We got KH Lee. The Husky boy is 5 under through 13. Might not be as Husky anymore. So, Bo Hogue, your, one of your guys, the six. Six letter name, Bo Hug, Bo Nose. Uh, it's just Scott Stallings doing his fit and jumping jacks well, in between shots. Scott shops. Stallings and Scotty Scheffler, two SS, two S squared, two XS squared. So dumb. What are we even talking about? Uh, the anything, wizard. <laughs> the wizard. I, he there. was on TV. What? This Michael was a Kim. great broadcast. Michael Kim. The Bermuda Michael Kim. <laughs> Michael Kim. Oh, that's Michael Sims. That's uh, Michael Sims is the review. Michael Kim T9. Yeah. Wow. Good. How about this that? is amazing. I hope it's a Michael great leaderboard. Kim, I hope Michael Kim plays well the rest of the weekend. He has been, he's been a castaway. If you want to talk about somebody that's been, he's been lonely on Michael Kim, uh, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The foothill. Ted Potter. Ted Potter's in the top 10. I saw him on my TV. It was a great kind of mix of tv keegan bradley will knights you know he's still in twitter jail texting us sent us an amusing image of, of keegan not exactly doing the hard sell on his latest golf ball he's like hey these are my new <laughs> golf balls great control go far i'm like oh my god who knows what he was paid for that um so anyways it's a good leaderboard any other reactions to phoenix i enjoyed it it's a, i i i love i love the west coast swing hawaii the whole West Coast swing, I I really love this. I, I guess I get fatigue maybe later on, but I I really enjoyed watching today. I like Phoenix as an event. 
I yep. I genuinely enjoy this event. I always, you know, like the weekend's always fun. It's a bummer that they don't get to have their usual setup, um, but it should be a great sure. weekend, you know? Yeah. Um, they were they're trying to sell this as like a vacation destination on PGA Tour Live today. What? And TPC Scottsdale. I was like, that's just... That requires some disclosure. You own the course. You can't be trying to tell people to go there. Like it was just kind of organic in the conversation. It was like warm. If you're in the snow, come play TPC Scottsdale. It's open to the public. I was like, well, I mean, this broadcast also owns the course. So, TPC Scottsdale um, is also ex- extraordinarily expensive. Is uh, it? I, I think it's that. like three hundred, maybe four hundred. You get better what? value. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, you didn't know that? Oh, no, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't seek it out or t- I didn't contemplate it. I guess, but that, that God Lord, it's it, especially considering nobody knows anything about the first fourteen holes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. While well, the other uh, other subject of PGA Tour Live doing sale, sales, God. I've never seen they. It just dawned on me today because I've spent years watching it. I think it's a great product. I love PJ Tour Live. As a, they love drives, absolutely love drives. They play it up. They just they hype it up. They build the anticipation. We go to Roy McIlroy, and he is on the tee at fifteen. And oh boy, I realized PJ Tour Live like drives are their like their entire deal, and the. the, the he's going to really let this one go. They start screaming when it lands. They've got all the stats. I've not, I, it really dawned on me today. It's just a little perception. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's anecdotal, but they absolutely get more hyped up for guys standing on the tee and hitting drives than anything else. Well, that's the most memorable shot in golf, right? Those are all the iconic shots in golf for drives. <laughs> Think about it. Think about golf history. Right, right. Ben Hogan at Marion, right? He hit a drive yeah. on 18, right? That was it. Tiger um, at the Canadian Open hit a drive into a bunker. Uh, one more PGA Tour Live note. Far, far be it from this podcast to be critical of anyone creating nicknames on the fly or using nicknames that may only you know, a small subset niche corner of the world might understand what they mean. But are you familiar with John Rollins nickname? Rolo? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's not... Rocket. The coach, I think. Ooh, I don't know. who. I, I think like he that. was the doing the play by play. Coachman, the coach. Rocket Rollins. He kept calling him Rocket. We're coach here with Rocket Rock. But he exclusively called them rockets to the point where I, for about an hour, I didn't know who was on the call. We're, we're here with the rocket coach. I didn't know if Roger Clemens was angrily throwing broken bats around the studio. I didn't know who rocket was. And they go, John rocket Rollins. I, he loves calling John Rollins rocket. And I think henceforth he, that's how, what, you know, we're exclusively going to call him as well. I just, I'm not, I'm I love the nickname. I'm surprised I don't the rocket. Know, Rocket wasn't in the field. <laughs> I think he actually tried to Monday qualify. I saw his name on the Monday qualifier. Oh, really? List. Yeah. And caught a flight to Pontevedra. Don't they broadcast from Pontevedra? Anyways, Rocket. Rocket Rollins. That's all I kept hearing is coach and Rocket here. 
Um, so it, it was good. PGA Tour Live is good. They got good groups again this year. Um, anything else? Betcast. Did you watch Betcast? You know, I watched a little bit. My mother is an avid golf watcher. I love she, this. I did not know this. She she watches. I would say she might watch more golf than I watch. Wow. Um, and she texted me. This is verbatim. Are we going to have to put up with this betting crap every tournament? <laughs> then like later it. losing on, the demo, losing yeah. the pearl clutching demo, literally. L- later went on to say it's obnoxious and does nothing but ruin my interest in watching. I'm with her. I fully I support this contention. I'm pretty. I you know, I get it. It's not necessarily my cup of tea. If I bet, if I gambled on golf, I probably would like it. I'm not a big gambler. I uh, I learned my lessons in college. I, I stopped gambling in college. Um, huh. That and, sounds uh, like a story for another time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's kind of crazy that they're just thrusting it on everybody. Yeah, I made my kids watch the BetCast, get them addicted. Growing the game by getting my kids addicted to gambling while not oh. pre- developing any kind of personal personal feelings or relationships with the characters, the sport, or the fields it's played on. It's just getting addicted to gambling. Uh, they lost their That's dinner for the week and their Valentine's point. candy they got a hand out. Yeah. I'd like what? to hear Rory talk about what they're doing to the kids and growing the game. Uh, that's true. <laughs> as, a, as a new father. Growing the game by creating addicts who have no real relationship or investment in oh the actual God. sport you know other what? than just drive-by gambling. I've never really thought of this, but like, how is that different than when we were growing up and there were commercials on TV for cigarettes? Because people would say cigarettes are legit harmful for your health while gambling is a what is know, not behavior harmful that... your, It could be extremely harmful for your health. It could be extremely harmful for your mental health. Well, this is why they have the no when to lay up campaign to provide some balance, right? I, I mean, you I see, actually you saw... like am disgusted now that I think about like a 10 year old watching it. Well, you had to go diving in Peacock something or other plus or I don't know. I, but they did bring it in the main broadcast several times. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I are you really growing the game or are you just growing? You know, kids getting or not kids. I don't want to say kids are like getting coming on board for this, but like if their entire entry point is via gambling and they're not creating developing any kind of feelings, hatred, admiration, fandom for certain characters or the sport itself or the tour itself, like what value is it? And that gets back to the point the other day of like commissioner of the tour, commissioner of baseball, like that's it's not their job that they don't view at at any point of their job to like grow protect the game it's to build their own it's grow product audience game. yeah via yeah so i mean that's that's what gambling i think will do and, and this is not a this is not a specific comment on the betcast i mean you want to spin off new products i had no no issue with that uh you know savarikas Burkowski, i like a lot of people teddy greenstein all the people involved in that um but I, that's a separate gambling issue. And again, I'm fine with gambling. Like, I think that's fine. I don't yeah, think it's going to be the ruin of gambling. Too. And, but the way it is becoming a disproportionate part of the tale of the tour following the tour is weird to me. It seems a little, 
a little dicey. Um, you know, right. here's here's I'm gonna bring a counterpoint here. If I'm the tour, maybe this is the way to build lifelong loyalists to Patrick Reed. You know, some little kid bets on Patrick Reed, wins a bunch of money. Hundreds of kids bet on Patrick Reed. All of a sudden, become Reed fans. You know, there's no narrative. They just they just uh, like him because he won some money. That's him. true. They just blind themselves to all the other baggage, and it's just yeah, yeah It's sort of a it's, okay. a it's a way betting's a way to make a lot of unlikable players who are dial tones or or you know might be yeah. cheaters or just generally are unlikable likable yeah. because tones. because you make I guess. money. But that seems like a fleeting thing, you know. It, it's it's only until they lose money on them, right? I mean, uh, I don't know. That seems like you always such a remember your good good wins. Flavor of the month. Okay. My best right. win. My best win as a gambler was I I bet money line on Illinois to beat then undefeated Ohio State. Football. Yeah. Then I. When spent, was that? It was, uh, was it was when we went to the Rose Bowl, 2008 or nine, and then oh. I then I spent all the money I made at the bar. God, I forgot Illinois has been to the Rose Bowl in like my lifetime, the last like 25 years. Was that Regis Ben and oh yeah, Isaiah Ju- Juice Juice yeah. and Richard Bendenhall? Great team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Zucker, right. the Zuck era. <laughs> Zuck. You know, you guys might be getting back to a little bit of that with Bert. Just, you know, a clown for a coach, clown character for a coach, and just maybe there's some good recruiting. Who knows? Um, all right. Anything else on Phoenix or Saudi uh, that that jumped off the page that perturbed was, you? It you seemed enjoyed? like it's, uh, Phoenix playing pretty firm. I, firm? The ball's, ball's bouncy in the fairway, so it'd be fun. It'd be a fun JT weekend. JT caught a tough break going way, you know, I guess, what is that, 13? I mean, his ball caromed like he took it like 15 yards right of center, and it went into the water on the left. And he didn't seem super thrilled with it. So I mean, the ball is is going when there is some land movement. You know, it's it must be too firm. You know, too firm <laughs> for him. They need to water more. Maybe put a bunker in the middle of it to catch it. So when it's a great all the way point across. that somebody made to me, uh, I can't remember who. But yeah. like, uh, and I apologize that I could never remember. I didn't know I was going to be talking about this. But one of the things like Webb wants really thick rough. What do you mean like, you didn't know? Like the, the, the our entire show is not planned, as you said. We can't plan for anything. But go ahead. Webb Web wants what? Webb wants all this stuff. It's like, well, you can't have firm if you want. Like you're going to have to just like water the shit out of the rough. And then, yeah. like, the golf course isn't yours the four weeks preceding. Right. That's the other thing about it. It's like regular <laughs> golfers have to play these courses before you and after right. you. Right. So, like, right. if you want this very specific setup for the four weeks before it, whoever's golf course it is is going to go endure hell for for those weeks. All right. Uh, big news. So that'll be good. It'll be firm. Uh, you got oh, what about the Saudi, the, the traffic range issues? I mean, this, I mean, the distance report could just be content from all the driving ranges that have now been rendered obsolete or had to be altered. Maybe that's the whole distance. I mean, how report. old is Save this driving money. range? Okay. Right. They're, so that if you don't know, they're texting players. You have to aim. 
I think right, aim right of the 300 yard sign if you're hitting driver, <laughs> driver on this range. I don't have a visual of it yet. So, I mean, if you're a hooker, if you're a drawer of the golf ball, presumably maybe you're not hitting as far. I don't know, but you're in trouble. You got to be aiming way out there. Uh, so all balls that are hitting hit with the driver, you were to aim right of the 300 yard sign, which is, I assume, in the middle of the range out in the field somewhere. But yeah, more driving range issues over <laughs> Saudi Arabia. What do you think's on the other side? I don't know. Maybe a, an oil well, an oil field or like, what is it? What is that risk here that they're telling everybody to go to the right? Maybe the media center. That's where they put media right in the line of fire. So, you know, they, they, anybody says anything bad, they put them out and they move their desk out onto the driving range. <laughs> Pretty good. I mean, it's hard to say anything bad, but probably everybody there has been paid for flight, hotel, accommodations, food and everything else. But yeah. Uh, not everybody, but certainly a subset of people, I'm sure. Uh, all right. Hey, let's go to Flashback Friday. Oh, Flashback Friday. New- Big news here. Very Huge exciting news. news. We have a sponsor that's come in to sponsor Flashback Friday for most of this year, most of 2021. Flashback Friday, it's almost every week, but this is now, you know, we're locked into it. Yeah, I can't. Somebody sponsor it. You can't slack off on a Friday or here or there. And the sponsor is Precision Pro Golf. Got to be honest, they were listeners first, but first time sponsors. They're pumped to be partnering. Uh, If we're being honest, we had a decision to make with a very similar product, similar company. Talk to everybody. Talk to Precision Pro. These are guys that we loved, felt comfortable with. Chose them for this for a reason. Very rare circumstance, if we're just being honest. And uh, they were awesome, awesome golf nuts, listeners, shotgunners. So we are hoping you will support them as they come in and support us throughout the year. Funny story uh, about Precision Pro. I yeah, Brendan couldn't make the, the first call we had with him. And I was talking to him. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know. Um, you guys listen, how did you hear about it? Like, you know, and, um, how'd you hear about the fried egg? And they're like, well, you know, we've, we've been reading and listening forever. And I was like, oh, really? And he's and the, and, uh, the marketing director over at precision pro nice guy. He goes, yeah, I, I sent you an email two years ago. <laughs> There's an email oh, on this. top of it. Yeah, yeah, Happened. yeah, yeah. Just yep. You got to send hard copy mail to get Andy's attention. You can't send no, a message. Hard you can't copy send mail is even worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm horrible at email, but I, that's amusing. First call with Precision Pro. You know, we say an email two years ago. Uh, but anyways, what are they? What do they do? We are pumped. Like just the people behind the product. We were pumped. We went right to them. Great product uh, it's, it's, too. Yeah, they are the pioneer of rangefinders that are a perfect combination of performance and value. I did not fully understand the market, how expensive these got, but Precision Pro uh, is hits that sweet spot. Uh, they're premium rangefinders at an affordable price. They're imitated but never duplicated, and there's there's real value, and then there's cheap, and this is value. Yes. Um, they have award-winning rangefinders. They're reliable. They have all the bells and whistles that you want. Uh, they offer free battery replacement services. 
So you're getting, you're signing up for like a lifetime service of battery See, replacement. See, and this is important. The battery thing is a pain in the ass with rangefinders. Okay. Free battery replacement is money. It's awesome. Yep. Um, yep. It, it, you know, this is full full disclosure. If we hadn't talked to to Precision Pro once, and it was the holiday season, and like my best friend asked me, "Hey, I want to buy my dad uh, a rangefinder." What should I do? Like, should it, you know? And I was like, "You should get Precision Pro." This is completely like you. Um, they weren't a partner yeah, yet. Is that what th- you're that saying? We hadn't. Okay. They hadn't reached out. They well, they reached yeah. out two years earlier, but <laughs> they had not. I was not aware that they had reached good. out. <laughs> yeah. At that good. point, uh, and then more background. And this is a, a, a sort of in keeping why we wanted to really partner with them. And in keeping with our other sponsors, like Hyatt Bixby Coffee, Paulina. If you have a problem, you call, give Precision Pro a call. Actual person, somebody named Eric. Who's a good Eric? Eric Axley? Hopefully not Eric. Eric Axley is the known uh, frosty. Yeah. <laughs> Who is a Eric, good Eric golfer? Um, Eric Compton. Anyways, Eric is a golf nut. He will answer the phone. He will email you back if you have any issues. Our coupon code is SHOTGUN20. Shotgun 20 gets you $20 off any of their laser range finders. So they've come in, sponsors Flashback Friday as a segment for the year. We are pumped about that. Uh, again, seek them out if you need a range finder as the new season approaches. Shotgun 20 is the promo code, and they are Precision Pro. All right. What's hey, your Flashback Friday? I think there's what? like a, a real dearth of great golfers named Eric. <laughs> I knew I was sending you down. Eric Johnson? Eric Monty, Eric Ramsey, and I, I don't know if there's a good golfer named Eric. You know, Eric when you Booker, talked about Eric, Eric Brown, this when is, you talked about it, this is a problem. That's a common name. Is it? I don't think there's ever been a great Eric. You know, when you, you, if you, have, any, about if you have any desire for your son to be a good golfer, do not name them Eric. Good point. That's a good point. Uh, when you called Eric Axley, you had a reputation for being known as Eric Asshole. We got flooded with first-hand accounts supporting that notion. I remember. You Not know, the nicest guy. You want to know how I heard that, actually? What? what? I remember what? distinctly when uh, I was caddying. I was caddying for a guy. <laughs> Eric Asshole. And the guy had just played in a pro-am, and I was like, oh, who'd you, who'd you play with? And he was like, Eric Axley. I'm yeah. like, Eric, Eric Axley? I, I didn't really even know who that was. And I was, like, yeah. I was like, how was he? Was he a nice guy? Like, and he goes, no, he was a complete asshole. <laughs> didn't talk to us once the entire round. Literally yeah. didn't say anything. He, the guy was like legitimately pissed about how big of an asshole he was. I feel like we told this story, but I could be wrong. Uh, all right. That's right. That's right. This is what Precision Pro signed up for, a diversion on golfers named Eric. So That's uh, unbelievable. Right, Eric is just the curse of a, of a name for a golfer. That's true. What is our Precision Pro flashback Friday today? Phoenix Open? Saudi? Yeah, Are you Phoenix going two Open. years back to Saudi? The original I'm, Saudi. Go, I'm going back to when Sergio threw a temper tantrum on the greens. <laughs> I'm going right, back Phoenix. to 1996. Okay. Do you know what happened? 
I do because I was looking for some photos today related to that. Phil Mickelson won. I don't have much else though. Give me I just the, realized the, I did back to back Phil flashbacks. I don't know. I was wondering if you were on. going down that deliberately, trying to balance it out, all your Phil hatred over the years with like just making him flashback Friday every week. But okay. All right. I wrote this up. I there's a, a number of good articles. There's Jaime Diaz wrote a, a good article um for Sports Illustrated after the tournament. Sean okay. Martin did a little retrospective on PGA Tour.com a few years ago. God, I thought you were saying he had a piece out in 90s. He's like, what was he, like 13 years old? Okay. I could see Smartin just <laughs> guest, <laughs> guest contributor at age 13. All right. Uh, it, it, I wrote this up here. It was a joyous weekend in Phoenix. The city was hosting its first ever Super Bowl. The PGA Tour had a duel between two phenoms, a 25-year-old hometown favorite, Phil Mickelson, and a 23-year-old, Justin Leonard. The final round was dubbed Super Saturday, thanks to oh. the tour moving the finish up to Saturday to avoid conflicts with the big game. What a nice idea to do. Maybe uh -huh. something they should think about doing yeah. nowadays. Yep. Why does it need to be down the street for them to move it to Wednesday to Saturday? Well, they you know? did do it a couple of years ago when that was the case. When there was Patriots or somebody over there, yeah. Um, the atmosphere was raucous as an estimated 156,000 people packed TPC Scottsdale. This was before the... The, the build-out, yeah. right? The, the grandstand build-out as we know it now. So later, Justin Leonard would joked on Twitter that he knew exactly what Stuart Sink went through at Turnberry. Everyone was rooting for the Yonex sporting lefty. Yonex? Yonex. Yonex, Yonex. Yeah, potato, yeah, potato. <laughs> okay. The Yonex sporting lefty. Mickelson entered the day two shots off Leonard's pace and set up one of, if not the best, final round showdown in Phoenix Open history. Two promising young standouts with two distinct styles, as Jaime Diaz described for Sports Illustrated. Leonard and Mickelson should uh, produce intriguing showdowns for years to come, until the Pro V1. Disclaimer, until the Pro say, V1. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if Mickelson is a magician, Leonard is more a mechanic. With a swing that is compact and visually abrupt at 5'9 and 160 pounds, Leonard is five inches shorter than Mickelson. In a tight-fitting hat he wears low on his brow makes him appear squatter. <laughs> while, <laughs> while Mickelson plays... Did you write that? Or no, Heidi no, this wrote... is Jaime. This is Jaime. Oh, okay. <laughs> I... There's no way I could write that. I didn't even know I mean, that was a term. It is put down. It is well put. I mean, he uh, did just tug it down and made him look like even he literally more didn't compact. Know how to, he didn't know how to wear a hat. It was like he kind of <laughs> turned every hat into like a Dutch boy hat, a painter hat. While, while Mickelson plays the latest in high-tech graphite shafts and, and, uh, and heads engineered in Japan, Leonard sticks to traditional persimmon woods, steel shafts, and forged iron stamped with Ben Hogan's name. Oh, yeah. He was uh, the, the 
big Hogan guy growing up for me at least. Right? What an I iconic mean, brand. There's yeah, a Yeah, he made it sane. I've got a, a, a set of Apex Pros down here that I'm gonna throw in the bag, I think. Uh, I still have them. I still I have a three iron, a mixed set, a three iron that I hit once every five years that's in my bag right now. Apex. Right. Um, while Mickelson shirts have a featured tie-dye pattern, Leonard wears a conservative line designed by Ralph Lauren. While Mickelson appears suited to make uh, to make the Masters his first major, Leonard's best shot might be in the, a U.S. Open. For now. Not until the oh. Pro V1. Yeah, it's fair. Mickelson was on the verge of a breakout after sputtering for 34-month period where he won only twice. He had won in Tucson just two weeks earlier and was looking to be the first to sweep the Arizona swing since Johnny Miller. Diaz wrote, last year, most of his peers said that the truly great young player was Ernie Els. (laughs) They weren't sure if Mickelson's smile concealed the heart of a killer or a coaster. A win at the Phoenix Open would make Mickelson the youngest to seven wins since Jack Nicholas. At this point in his young career, Justin Leonard had done everything but win, and he hadn't figured out how to wear a hat. The 1992 USAM champ, 94 NCAA champ, and Haskin Award winner earned hoopla early by playing well enough on, on sponsors' invites to earn his card without going to Q school. An accomplishment that only Gary Hallberg, Scott Verplank, and Phil Mickelson had had done. Uh, once there as a rookie, he finished first on tour in the all-round statistic. Think about that. He finished first as a rookie in all-round. Incredible. Um, finished 22nd on the tour's money list, uh, notching two runners up with seven top tens. That year, three rookies. All finished in the top 30. Can you name? So Leonard's one. Do you know who the other two were in the top 30 on the money list? 1995. Uh, one finished ahead of Leonard. He finished eighth, I believe, on the money list. Eighth or 11. I can't remember. Five. God. Nah. I, who is it? Duvall. Okay. And the okay. other one is Woody Austin. He had every shot. He could hit everything better than anyone in the world. I mean, I, I think Woody just, he might have been right. He might have just gotten in his own way because he was unbelievable as a rookie. That's true. That's true. The tournament Amazing. ended exactly how any Phoenix Open is supposed to end, in a playoff. Mickelson started the day two shots off Leonard's lead and used a scintillating back nine to overcome a fronty, uh, shaky front to fire a 67. Mickelson closed with birdies on the 15th and the 16th. The 16th is an iconic shot. He had it, stuffed it, you know, crazy crowd. You know, obviously the next yep. year, Tiger had his whole one, but he, it was just a nuts crowd, and he stuffed it with the, you know, coming down the stretch uh, with, you know, to two feet or three feet. Yep. Then on 17, yep. he rinsed it, and he went full flop from like 20 yards in front of the green, like an insane flop shot, like jarring. You'd be shocked if someone hit this shot today, like just wide. Oh, 
like nothing from in like front the of bank? him. Where did he drop it? So he was the pin was front left, and he dropped it there, and there's nothing in front of him but grass, and he went full flop, like full oh. swing flop. Huh. It it was nuts, and he hit it to like two feet. Um, and he part eighteen, and it uh, Leonard birdied seventeen. So it was just like a crazy finish. Um, back and forth. Yeah. Back and forth. And uh, with so despite even with the unheard of attendance at the event, it also got a nice bump on TV. Um, and this was in Sean Martin's piece. The extra holes pushed the tournament into Sports Center's airtime, which gave a massive increased exposure to the event and the drama. Ah. And this, you think about it, like these guys weren't household, necessarily household right. names with the common sports fan. So this was really big for Phil Mickelson's like legacy, right? Yeah. Is that yep. he got this huge exposure on national television when people were, and this was for anybody that didn't remember what Sports Center was back in the day. I mean, it was like Sports Center was like the Yo, thing to watch. Yeah, 1996 would have been massive. Yep. Uh huh. Um, where was I? Uh, so it, increased exposure uh, to the drama. Those who tuned in for more of the endless analysis that precedes every Super Bowl. So it was the sports center the day before the Super Bowl, too. Uh, we're right. also treated to what the New York Times called one of the most thrilling sudden death playoffs in years. So it starts out, Leonard stuffs it to, on 18. So not similar to that Hideki. Hideki Webb one that was internal, just everybody parsed. You know, yeah, paper cutting themselves to death. Okay, a little different. All right. So they play 18 as the first playoff hole. Leonard, obviously hitting way behind Phil, stuffs it to three feet. You know, surely a birdie. Phil matches it, hitting it to five feet, makes the putt. They both birdie, send it to another hole. This one, you know, 10, par four, Leonard. Looks like easy two putt par. Phil's got twenty feet left for par. He's made a made a mess of the hole, and he cans it to send it to another one. And then, wow. and then he makes birdie on seventeen. They both have good looks. Leonard misses like a six footer. Phil makes a uh, four four footer for birdie on seventeen, and it ends. In the interview after, Phil said, "This was the tournament I wanted to win the most." Obviously, being an ASU grad or an ASU sure. um, student, hometown event in a way that was where he was living at the time. He had won in yeah. San Diego. He won at Tucson, which was close, but not you know winning sure. in Scottsdale. So this was the one he wanted to win the most. Um, so this brought Mickelson's career to victory total to seven, and it, it made him the youngest to achieve it since Nicholas, which we talked about earlier. More significantly, Mickelson tied Davis Love III, Fred Couples, and Lee Jansen as the American golfers with the most PGA Tour wins since 1991. So this was so that, the point. That fallow period, right, yes. where there was not a lot of Curtis Strange, kind of the bridge, guys just not winning a ton. So, so Mickelson's ascending at this point to the, the, great, uh, the next great American. Um, yeah, yep. And yep. like really ending a, a dearth of, of era of talent. Uh, Superstar American. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in 96, 
he so he's already won twice. He wins two more times. He wins four times. He wins more than anybody player on tour. Finishes second on the money list. You know who was number one on the money list? No, who? Tommy Dockers. Oh, uh, that makes sense actually. <laughs> that was Lehman. a money making machine back in the day. I mean, come on. Tom I Lehman. think what I think he has seven career wins. Really? I don't. I'm not positive about that. This like, early '90s, like after Curtis Strait, like man, they're just it's kind of thin, <laughs> relatively speaking. But, so you like you combine okay. the the Sports Center thing. Obviously, yeah. he was he was a premier young player, but he he wins four times, and he and he became like the most recognizable American. Um, so he wins he, he wins 37 more times. On his PGA Tour career, he wins two more Phoenix Opens. Uh, Mickelson, Leonard, Duvall, and Els represented like right at this moment, this bright new future of the game, until Tiger. later in 1996, Tiger yeah. Woods just yeah. Vegas, right? I yeah, mean, the, Vegas. That, the same similar Ed, thing. Quad Cities. Ed Fiore, pool boy, yeah. <laughs> former Flashback Friday. Yeah, ninety six, and ironically, you know, Davis Love the Third was using persimmon. That's right. That's right. Uh, Precision Pro will be good. We'll be happy to know they've signed up for Ed Fiore type content. That's the history and lineage of Flashback Friday. It's not going to be Phil every week. I'll tell you that much. So Mickelson, um, Mickelson right. played in thirty Phoenix Opens. A, a run that's likely done. Due yeah, to the MBS, Saudi, Saudi MBS came through, came through with a bathtub full of cash. And he's, I mean, look, he's been, he's, he's been, he's done everything. Been there, done that. But like, there's no clear sign. He's at sort of like an effort on board stage of his career. Uh, I want money. Then just like shutting the hometown event, not hometown, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Event that's been such a part of his history to go to this just, fantasy land that was made up in you know three years ago fantasy event so. uh justin leonard for just quick note justin leonard went on to earn his first win later in 96 and then he won a major the next year 97 open uh before phil yep good good stuff good stuff hey did sure. you hear them somebody on i think golf channel today was talking about how they should have a Ryder cup at tpc scottsdale I feel like that's a bacon take. I feel like bacon. Oh, really? Bacon said that. Somebody on the broad. I can't remember if it was PJ Troll. I was just thinking no. of Phil as like it, captain. It would just be a complete. Because, you know, DL3's got to be stricter. Everybody's got to do a home game captains. Maybe make Phil the home game because he has the connection. So. I mean, or Chez. Chez could be captain. I don't know. Chez Revi, ASU legend. So, it would probably be uh, better than this Italy site. All right. Thanks to Precision Pro for sponsoring what, Flashback what fans, Friday. What fans would be worse uh, for a Ryder Cup site? Beth Page or uh, Scottsdale? Uh, it's it's a tough one. I think probably Beth Page still. I'm going to go with Beth Page. I, I don't know. Scottsdale like has... The, yeah, I'm going with Beth Page. I don't need to explain my reasoning. All right. Hey, News. I was just looking at the future Ryder Cup venues. Yeah. 2020, 2031, the venue says TBC. Do you think it's at the Buck Club? 
The Buck Club. Well, it's getting built, right? You had the breaking story or something, right? Tom Doak and twenty thirty-five. Pretty good. They can already land a couple Ryder Cups. Holy it's crap! I wonder if they agreed to a bunch of you know PGA Cups and I'm PGA Pros to... to get the Ryder Cup. I wonder. What a discovery! They don't they have those listed out to like twenty you know congressional and Southern Hills and Oak Hill or like some of those places have. Ryder Cups in like 2040 or something. Um, all right, news. We're going to be quick. Do you, what do you believe happened? What do you, what do you believe? What do you think is more credible? That a volunteer emailed the PGA tour saying he stepped on Rory's ball or that Xander Shoffley is texting Patrick Reed to say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, or whatever he said. We didn't get any specifics. Patrick Reed just said, we're all good. What do you think happened? Less. What's less credible? Hmm. That is a good question. Which one do I think has a bigger chance of not being just tour propaganda? I mean, Patrick Reed has said, like, Henrik Stenson is a I good friend or something. I couldn't, like, I couldn't see Xander texting an apology. I, yeah. I, I think it's more protected. likely, more likely that, that, that Rory's ball got stepped on. We got some rumors that Xander might've taken a hit in the pocketbook for speaking out about that. Uh, that's what they threatened Cameron Smith with. Flimsy, but I, you know, it was, it's certainly plausible. Um, all right. What else do we have in news? JT on the ball, on the distance proposals. You have the quote in front of you. I know you used the word selfish. I thought this is 800 times worse than whatever Rory said. And maybe you could call me a Rory Homer, but JT clearly. And then when Rory t- spoke out, JT like regrammed it or reached. like, that's what I'm talking about, Rory. Thank you. Yeah. Neglecting the fact that Rory also argued for bifurcation and has in the past and was quite clearly stating bifurcation again, which is like the conclusion of the effing report or whatever the statements the other day. I mean, uh, whether he thought it was valuable or not or a waste of money or not, like he agrees with with the general direction and uh, conclusion. But JT, way worse speaking on, on the distance issue. Do you have it? Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, I think they that they I think distance is what it is right now. Oh, profound. Because of us. And I think because of a lot of players that are taking the training and becoming more athletes and becoming stronger and more uh. optimal in their distance, it is what it is. All right, one second. Do you remember when R- Ricky and JT played Persimmons during the quarantine? And yeah. JT shot yeah. like 80? Yeah. Yes. Was that it? He shot that high? I don't, re- I don't remember exactly what he shot, I but I remember, right. the, I remember the commentary being like, Ricky's way better at this than I am. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Which leads me to believe that it did not go well. For JT, which would make sense because he's never hit something like that. I think uh, Ricky's old enough where you you know he's six years older than JT. He's thirty three. I hit a persimmon, you know, in my right. lifetime. So right. Ricky had to have. 
right. but anyways, I mean, if you give us different stuff, we're still going to try and find a way to hit it as far as we possibly can. Yeah, that's great. But we want to get maybe stuff that's harder to hit as far as you possibly can. I don't think there's any reason or it's not necessary at all to change the golf ball. I am fine with them maybe not going any farther with it. But I think Tiger said it a while ago that they missed the opportunity probably 20 or so years ago. I don't disagree with they missed the opportunity. They missed a big opportunity. 20. Big hurt. Frank Thomas. Yep. Companies have put billions of dollars, I would say. I would say. He's not sure. I mean, I don't know that. So I'll say millions of dollars into the construction of golf balls and equipment. Just throwing things out there. And okay. to be perfectly honest, I think it would be extremely selfish of the wow. USGA and the RNA to do that because of all the hard work that they've put in to make their equipment and golf balls as great as they possibly can and maybe just take a step back and realize that we're doing some pretty awesome things with the golf is... ball and the golf clubs. And also, look at your everyday golfer and go up to him and tell him you want him no to hit it shorter because the top 0.01% of all golfers are hitting it too far, if you will. That's not what's happening. No, it's, that's such a smokescreen. That's such a smokescreen that the, the average golfer, go up and tell them. Well, he it's, is, it's this also... is among the most asinine things I've ever heard on this debate, on this subject. I, I think the selfish, the word selfish, how did, how did, how is that selfish. the word he came up with? It's selfish. That that point oh oh one percent of people who are paid millions of dollars by these companies to represent their interests, that's selfish. That their their entire viewpoint, their entire commentary on it is skewed by that. Is selfish. And oh by the way, they might have put billions, they might have put trillions. I don't know. He's just throwing numbers out. Whatever they put into it, they're also going to put into like they're they're also going to it's it's gonna be a new race, right? They're going to win the market share again. They're going to, like, people have to go out and buy that stuff. Like, I don't understand. Like, if you're operating from a position of strength, you could still be strong under new rules. They've done this in every sport. So we got a lot of messages about F1 or car, or car racing at large, but specifically F1. Now they, they had, like, working groups come together and change the manufacturer, change whatever, the specs. And, like, yeah, the best teams, like, came back and they worked under new specs. And it's like... This is what, like, they're going to spend more money to, under the new rules. They're always spending money for R&D. Just, just changing sort of the standards a little bit. It's not like they, they're throwing everything out. So. And this is something that's bothering me a lot, is this is not just a 0.001% thing. Like, tell that to the, the mom-pa golf course owner that has a driving range that they built in 1980 to 300 yards and we're like you know what we've got a great driving range it's 300 yards long there's people that play that golf course that can hit it over 300 yards and are probably launching golf balls into woods or water or onto the golf course creating a safety hazard they're having to buy fences like this is not just simply a one percent point oh one percent problem and i think that's something that like is getting glossed over here like when you're doing designs like a perfect example is that of course i played a ton when i lived in the city of chicago sydney maravitz 
there's a running trail right along the golf course. Like, if the ball doesn't fly as far, it's not as much of a hazard. Like, the people that run along that golf course, and there's a, you know, like, they could get hit by a golf ball. The, when the ball goes further, it goes further offline. Like, yeah. this is like, this is a, this isn't a 1% problem. Like, this is, that's like the thing that I think gets misconstrued is that, like, the problems aren't as evident and they don't get as much coverage, but there are problems all the way through golf with this. There's problems it, with like the, with costs of, of the game because of how long courses and how much space they need. But is it a 1% solution? No. By model lo uh, local rules. Maybe it might I be. I think like the solution can't, I, I'm just you saying I mean? it's it's just it's not this is a this is a problem that's bigger than the PGA Tour that gets that gets missed so much it just doesn't get covered. I have buddies who are 25 handicaps who are who hit the ball when they hit it well 300 yards. You know what they do right. a lot too? They hit it like 90 yards offline a lot. Right. Right. I just if, if we're going to do local rules it doesn't seem like that's going to be that kind of issue is going to be solved. I, the joggers, the ranges. Like, I'm just pointing out this. This isn't. Thinking. It's the the fact that they only think they're the the only problem yeah. is just yeah. a naive, selfish. myopic, selfish yeah. viewpoint that they're right. the only right. ones with the problem. Like this, right. go go talk to a local course owner that has a 1925 design. Go go talk to an old Donald Ross golf course and talk to them about the the hazards that are presented because of how far the golf ball travels. So I thought those were the most dense comments of the week on this issue. Uh, I know webs were kind of interesting on from a design perspective, but the JT throwing selfish out there was just, are we, are we not including Twitter in the most dense commentary? Cause I'm sure yeah, I we're talking go, about the pros. I, These I'm guys sure who are making go, gazillion dollars. Yeah. Go sure visit the data stuff. boys uh, feeds and pull <laughs> something up. But Rory got a lot of the headlines. Uh, he said, you know, the RNA and the USJ are looking at the game through such a tiny lens. They're trying to do is change something that pertains to 0.1% of the golfing community and the people that play this game for enjoyment. They don't need to be told what ball or clubs to use. And I don't think that's what's happening. He's very mad. I don't need to reread it. I have it in front of me, but like we're now two days out. He said it's a waste of money, a waste of time. The distance insight reports. Um, we're trying to protect the game for the next hundred years. This isn't how you do it. It's so small and inconsequential compared to other things happening in the game. It's the grassroots, getting people more engaged in golf, spending their money, not spending on the distance insight report. I don't think, I don't understand why these things have to work in, in contrast, right? Like it's no. one or the other, like you can't also what? do all the grassroots stuff, but also try to figure out if like the game is going to be hollowed out or worsened because the ball is going too far or dramatically untenable put in an untenable position like they're not working well also they're not mutually exclusive that also you're like, ignoring growing the game with youth or minorities or whatever he was redressing like they they work in concert they think, can of, work in concert. think about what he said too and like think about the fact that the usga didn't cut prize money for their major championships <sighs> when they didn't have like they had a fraction of the revenue this year because right. they didn't get to have fans they didn't have any on-site earnings and they didn't cut any of the revenue. So like, this is like a perfect situation where they're taking shots to the USGA who was extraordinarily kind to them this year. Yeah. Also like 
you need to come with, you need to do a study. You need to come with the facts and the yes. report and the data. You can't just be like, hey, Bryson hit it over the driving range net. We're rolling it back. Like, because of your, you guys, because of Rory and JT or J, you know, Titleist people or whoever, these manufacturers would lose their shit. Like, they are going to lose their shit, but like that pushback from that constituency like demands that there be a really fully fleshed out report. They got to come strong with the airtight case because that is such a moneyed, powerful constituency. Like what, you what can't Rory, just do, there has to be a report done. What Rory is suggesting is like saying to the prosecutor, Hey, you don't need to do any work when you go try that murder yeah. case. Like don't, yeah. don't, it's a waste of time and money to do any, any sort of, uh, you know, I don't know what the exact words is, uh, the lawyer terms, but like, don't go interview people. Don't go interrogate people. Deposition. Yeah, yeah. None yeah. of that matters. That's a waste of time, waste of money. Don't do that. Go, just go straight into trial with, uh, <laughs> like they can't just, they can't change the equipment. They got to do the report. It's, it's just the kid. I don't know. I'm sorry. You think it's a waste of money. I, I don't think it's necessarily taking a ton of money out of other efforts that they also do other grassroots stuff these time. But this got all the authorities. Uh, this got all the attention. I should say the waste of time, waste of money was the nut that everybody took out of it. When in fact he was asked, he, he had to demand to be asked, which is crazy that he wasn't asked about this news of the week, the month, the year, potentially. Um, well, there, I don't think there are many people in the, in That's these press true. conferences anymore. That's I think, true. I think if and I think questions been, are screened, maybe yeah, I think yeah. people have been have been removed from these press conferences that <laughs> ask questions and no longer get invitations to these press conferences if they if they ask the wrong questions. <laughs> so he wasn't asked about it. He demanded to be asked. But then he goes, so, you know, sh should there be a situation where they're playing by different or local rules? He Here's goes, a yeah, question. I would though. be all for that. This was the takeaway. Again, he's for the conclusions or the direction that they're going. It seems like if you're reading, I don't know, the, the tea leaves or the areas of interest and all that stuff. He's for that. He's been for it on the record at Riviera. He was on the record with, I think, Eamon Lynch at the end of last year. Sounds like he's very quite open to bifurcation, which should have been the entire, not the entire, but the primary takeaway, the headline. But the people making the headlines are also <laughs> have an interest in seeing the fight back from their equipment companies and sugar daddies too. And their well, rights I, partners in the PJ tour who does it like everybody's so conflicted with this. I can't I mean, believe that became the, the segment on golf channel that this was aired on was sponsored by Callaway. The Callaway, article, as far as we know, is not like even one of the most ardent sort yeah. of. The, just back for people. people that aren't aware, the most ardent pushback people are Taylor Bade and Titleist. And Titleist, I mean, it's kind of like an open thing. Like if you're a Titleist brand ambassador, you're getting paid, and you come out like in strong favor of this, you're going to be getting a call. Like it that they've put the, you know, they have they um, people that break stride are uh, are subject to education conversations. <laughs> um. And TaylorMade, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with the Taylor, like, but Rory's TaylorMade guys obviously come out in very clear, well, you know, stance it's kind of, of It's kind of fishy that he didn't get asked about this and he wanted to talk about this and then went on this crazy rant that then did not piece together with his later commentary. It, 
he got out of her skis. It was weird. The first part well, of it was just bizarre. Well, he had to be. He asked to be asked this question. Then right. go. Then drops a bomb on it that he knows is yeah. going to get headlines. But then later says that he's basically in unison with what they said, which is it's just which it got favorite? like my. I've just got a little bit of an alarm bell going off. Yeah. With, you know this is a little weird. Yeah, as a smokescreen to get the 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 press the un- the whole the the free PR with his initial rant. Is that I ap- I apologize to listeners. I am I'm in Florida. There's a lot of sunshine. I've I've been removed from my basement where my tinfoil hat is, <laughs> where I could have really cooked something up about this. <laughs> the, but it just it doesn't smell right. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it is interesting that everybody took and ran with the first part as opposed to the actual conclusion, which is more or less. But they're just Rory's comment in general doesn't make any yeah. sense. It doesn't. I don't know why he just started going. And Rory's, you know, we obviously. And if I was I, like one of these players and I get in these press conferences, I'd probably just like couldn't wait to get out of the press conference. And the fact that nobody asked him and he insisted on being asked and then he launched this bomb at the USGA, but then he essentially backed it all up. Yep. It just is a weird thing. It's almost like it was, it, I don't know. I don't want to say that it, I, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm giving Rory the benefit of the doubt like we gave him on his, on his golf ball last week, but it just doesn't yep. add up. I did enjoy that he said, not sure it was Patrick. It could have been someone from the Reed family, but I don't think it was Patrick. I'm yeah. used golf facts, bringing him into it. So at all, uh, kind of a wide ranging uh, Rory press conference or whatever. So uh, I suspect we'll hear a lot more on this. Uh, I'm trying to think who wasn't anyone notable that you think that we'll, we'll get to it when we come with it. Ball comments, you know, being asked about this Riviera. I'm sure a lot of people will be asking about it. So. I don't know. Um, it, it, it depends on who is allowed Tiger in to Phil. ask. Yeah. This Bryson, is... by the way, it was kind of like, just don't remember. Oh, the human I love element. the Bryson. I'm okay with it. Bryson's comments were that of a winner. Yeah. Of, of a competitor. How about that? I, about I was that? astounded by it. I think the funniest thing to me is that Bryson has now induced a few USGA rulings. Well, that's the thing. He's been down this road before. Where the side saddle or face on one, putting. The compass. Yeah. The the face on putting. And now the 48-inch driver. Yeah. the four, Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, it seems like the 48-inch driver never really worked out for him, <laughs> despite all the press around that, too. <laughs> He'll never um, admit that he, it was a failure. How about this autoflex shaft? Well, we're talking about shafts. Rory talking about how he couldn't get it for his dad. and Well, like, yeah, this is the whole effing point. The pros don't play our game. They play with preferred lies. They play with backboards. They play with uh, taking special, better balls from anything. Golf balls. They, they, they get... play with shafts that apparently add 20, 20 yards that we can't find or we can't. they're $800 even if we can find them. Like, the pros... Art play like it already is bifurcated. Special golf balls, the, the hot the drivers out of the hot drawer and the equipment tr- truck. Like they're not playing our game as it is. Let's let's clamp down on it. So, all right. Uh, well, think about it. Think about Go it ahead. in terms of baseball. Uh, 
I, I'm not exactly sure how much a wooden baseball bat costs, like a nice one. Yeah. But in, in baseball slash softball, the the Joes play with like $400, $500 supercharged <laughs> aluminum bats. And the pros right. play with like $40, $40. I don't know about it. Now bat. you're speaking on something you don't know about. I All mean, right, they're well, probably expensive wood bats. They're probably a hundred bucks. Maybe a hundred bucks. But don't have the technology, of course. Yes. Then the they, $500. They, yeah. they don't get to play with the supercharged stuff. And in, in, in golf, it's the opposite. The pros yeah. get stuff that's more juice than even we could get. Yeah. Yeah. It's just completely ass backwards. The game is bifurcated the other way. So how about Bryson? Good for Bryson. A little, little enlightenment. I think he just knew he was going to be in the crosshairs, and he stayed. He kept his head down. He he stayed in his shoes on this one. But um, all right. Anything else? It's a great Friday episode. Really enjoyable. I loved your little flashback. We got some good Saudi talk, some good ball talk, some good PGA Tour live talk. Anything else you want to add to the conversation before we get out of here for the week? Uh no. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm. I'm out. I I gotta get. I got an early rise tomorrow. I'm heading. Okay. I'm heading to the WGC Mexico site. I'm leaving. Leaving the country. See Garanimo. Yeah. <laughs> Did you the pack? Uh, all right. Enjoy that. Enjoy your trip. Enjoy your Friday. Everyone, enjoy your weekends. We will be back on Monday to recap everything from uh, Saudi Arabia and Phoenix. Okay.